Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Show. I'm Dr. Fujian Zane. I'm a psychotherapist and the author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. And hello to Sean, our director in our studio. This is a show about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. So today, I will share with you the tip of the week about living life, being connected, and then I'll share my view about what happened at the Oscars last night uh, from a psychological perspective, then a research about the effect of social media um, and on our teens in different ages. I chat with Alan Cox, a mental health change maker of the, and the developer of the Ever Yellow app. And uh, don't go anywhere. I will have an announcement to make at the end. So listen up to the end. All right. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast and connect with me through all of the social medias. Um, all of them are with Dr. Fujian Saint. I'd love to hear from you. But first, here's the tip of the week. the tip of the week. Have you ever felt disconnected and even at times dissociated? Most people's answer is yes, they have. Being disconnected can happen due to a lack of interest in a subject or a task or actually a person. Usually when people get bored with the subject or lose interest in the topic or if they don't agree with the subject, who are not interested in debating it, they take their attention away. It could be due to preoccupation with a subject, another subject. If someone is problem solving, contemplating, or analyzing, they tend to put their attention and energy fully on their mental tasks. So while they're sitting at a dinner table with a family or watching a movie, a part of them is fully engaged in an internal process. Therefore, they're pretty much disconnected from their physical space. Others disconnect due to being overwhelmed by an emotional uncomfortableness with the situation. If there are conflicts they have to face, if they anticipate a fight or any form of emotional uproar, they tend to shy away and disconnect. Some disconnect due to attempting to control their anger so that they don't lash out. Being physically and mentally tired will also create this connection to preserve the small amount of energy that is left to handle their daily task. At times, one disconnects from one thing but is fully present to another. And at times, there's a need to disconnect from the outside world and just go within to recharge. Many use disconnection from a part of their body as a form of pain management 
dissociation, on the other hand, is disconnection from one's body and self, which usually appears during the trauma. When one has experienced utter powerlessness and helplessness, the anxiety of facing death, not being or being harmed, the pain in the body from it being abused, assaulted, raped, all of those forces the person to disconnect from their body and at times from themselves as they know it, from the self who they know themselves as. Some refuse to connect with their body after trauma. They end up also harming or abusing their body. Some even mutilate their own body parts to feel pain and remind themselves that this body is theirs. Dissociation is used as a coping mechanism to survive. As long as the person is still living in a situation where abuse and trauma are going on, dissociation helps the person to hold on to their ego strength and survive the situation. It's a way to prevent psychosis almost. However, continues as an automatic way of existing even when the person no longer lives under those conditions. The younger the person and the length of the time that one has endured a trauma determines the depth and severity of their dissociation. Healing the trauma is the key to coming back to the body and therefore connecting with the present moment fully. I've had the privilege of working 30 years with clients who have gone through trauma such as childhood, physical and emotional, mental and sexual abuse. Worked with veterans surviving the actual war, but not the one in their head. The worst domestic wars, which happens at home from your mate. It takes healing and integrating the dissociated parts of the self for a person to fully experience livelihood and fulfillment in their life. There are times that disconnection is necessary. The disconnection and the distinction of when it is useful to be utilized versus disconnection being a to-go-to coping mechanism automatically is important. To live an intentional life where you can be present, feel, experience life requires you to be in your body, to be present. Your presence, your attention, your interest, your willingness to be open and receive all information are all necessary components. You deserve to experience your life fully. You only get one life. Experience every moment of it fully. This is why you're alive and here on earth. For more observational and integrational skills to become fully present and whole, get my book, Life Reset, the Awareness Integration Path to Create the Life You Want. Thank you for listening. In the Ask Me segment, um, 
anyone who had watched uh, the Oscars last night or haven't watched it, but just been bombarded with the conversation of uh, Will Smith getting upset uh, with Chris Rock um, making a com comedy joke. He was a comedian, so he made um, a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife, uh, the way her appearance was, or um, it seemed like at the time that he was stating the joke, that the audience were all laughing and nobody really thought of it as <gasps> that Chris Rock was being inappropriate. Even Will Smith at the time, as you, as you see it, he's laughing at it because he doesn't feel like this is uh, really harsh. However, his wife was taken back and felt hurt by that comment. And then Will Smith got up in, in, in public, walked in, uh, smacked him and um, used uh, very offensive words stating that take my uh, wife's name out of your mouth. And um, although Chris Rock was a bit shocked about all of that, it seems like he continued uh, doing what he needed to do at the stage. Afterward, Will Smith, um, in a very emotional, um, apologetic way, stated what was going on with him, what was his intention, and uh, apologized to, the, um, to his peers who were sitting there for this act. Um, so a lot of people have started to ask what was, what was going on and how does that happen? And I think a lot of times when we're vulnerable, um, we act. We act based on um, our emotions. And sometimes we're not looking at all of the other aspects of how it impacts. Um, there was a lot of conversation about how can we be loving toward each other? And um, what are the things that we do in order to protect each other under the name of love? And uh, then you know, do we give ourselves the right to react because we're trying to, trying to really protect? Um, are there times that we're actually going to take anything that other people say and um, you know, there's public humiliation and uh, Dwight just in the name of being professional or being someone in, in the realm of public eye and I just have to take it because other people are, you know, being humiliating or demeaning um, and should I take it or should I publicly also come back and uh, humiliate them back? There are a lot of questions. Our uh, social media is going... Uh, haywire with all of the people who are taking different sides on this and that's what we do as human beings we take sides i know that for me as i was watching um what was happening was i was also feeling emotional and maybe looking at both sides and how hard this might, might be for uh both people and whomever is in this situation so not necessarily talking about what was going on with them because i don't know and i don't think anybody knows except who they are but I know that when sometimes we are in the process of uh, being in a power or um, think that it's okay or as part of our game or as part of our conversation, and I know that being a comedian, being an actor, being someone, a lot of times, even you know, CEOs in, in meetings, people who uh, all have um, a space where they can show themselves, sometimes they're not necessarily looking at the impact of their words or the comedy that has, or, um, or the power that shows up with their words becomes more important 
the possibility of the impact that might have for other people. Um, so there's an angle to really watch for any, any of us who are in any position, who have the ability to have listeners, whether we are in social media or uh, we are in the eye of the public, or even if you are um, in a meeting at work, or even if you were a parent at, at your dinner table with your children. I think it's important to extend um, this type of understanding and responsibility and accountability that whatever shows up and comes out of my mouth is going to have an impact. And I can choose the impact. And although I might want to have some power or some laugh or some attention, um, who's getting hurt in here? And I'm, it might be that it's important for me to look at the relationship that uh, is gonna get created by me stating something. And then on the other hand, um, can I also have a reaction and then justify it just because um, I was uh, upset or trying to protect a loved one? Um, can I go and justify um, act of violence and uh, say, well, I was protecting someone. So again, if I, am, if I need to protect someone, if I need to uh, take a stand for myself or anyone, is there another way of doing it? which would be more appropriate than the act of violence. Um, so those are the responsibility and accountability of the way that we behave toward the world and uh, the impact. I love the way that Will Smith and Smith try to clean up and, um, and bring himself into showing us his vulnerable part, talking about him being overwhelmed. And I think for any of us, when we do something that maybe we're not that proud of, for whatever reason we've done, the beauty is to be able to clear it, to be able to uh, to share what was going on with us, because we all we all can be in a vulnerable time, and we can all come from a place of reacting from one side of us, and at that moment not looking at all the ang other angles. So coming clean and taking responsibility and accountability for, for what we've done. There's a beauty in that. And I think that everyone is watching when we see the vulnerability of people in front of us, and especially people who uh, have been in our lives in different ways, um, that the element of forgiveness shows up for us. The element of empathy shows up for us. I think we've all been there one side or another. We've all somehow have ever experienced, just like Chris Rock saying something that maybe we really weren't intending to harm, but it did harm someone and we got a consequence for it. We've all been in a place of, um, uh, you know, um, a, a time that we've been humiliated because we're just sitting there minding our own business and somebody suddenly says something that, um, humiliates us publicly and we feel hurt. Uh, we've all sometimes been in a place that we've acted in a particular way, whether it was violent or, um, or inappropriate for a setting because we were coming from an emotional space. And then uh, we also had to pay the consequence. And I think if every one of us looks at how this is so real and any of our experiences, maybe we can hold compassion for everyone involved and um, look at the ways that we can be um, actually going towards the loving of self and others and coming not from a violent place. And even if we're taking a stand for ourselves, take the stance 
from power and not reaction. Thank you. research. Girls and boys might be more vulnerable to the negative effects of social media use at different times during their adolescence. In a study published today in Nature Communications, the researchers show that in UK, United Kingdom, data girls experience a negative link between social media use and life satisfaction when they are between 11 to 13 years old and boys when they are between 14 to 15 years old. Increased social media use again predicts lower life satisfaction at age 19. At other times, the link was not that statistically significant. In just over a decade, social media has fundamentally changed how we spend our time, share information about ourselves, and talk to others. This has led the widespread concern about its potential negative impact, both on individuals and on the wider society. Yet, even after years of research, there's still considerable uncertainty about how social media use relates to well-being. A team of scientists, including psychologists, neuroscientists, and modelers, analyzed two of the United Kingdom data sets comprising of 84,000 individuals between the ages of 10 and 80 years old. These included longitudinal data that is data that tracks individuals over a period of time. And 17,400 young women, I'm sorry, young people aged between 10 to 21 years of age. The researchers are from the University of Cambridge, University of Oxford, and Donders Institute of Brain Cognition and Behavior. The team looked for uh, a connection between estimated social media use and reported life satisfaction and found key periods of adolescence where social media use was associated with a decrease in life situation. 12 months later, in the opposite direction, the researchers also found that teens who have lower than average life satisfaction use more social media one year later. In girls, social media use between the ages of 11 and 13 years was associated with a decrease in life satisfaction one year later, whereas in boys, this occurred between the ages of 14 and 15 years. The difference suggests that sensitivity to social media use might be linked to developmental changes, possibly changes in the structure of the brain or to puberty, which occurs later in boys than in girls. In both female and male, social media use at the age of 19 years was again associated with a decrease in life satisfaction a year later. At this age, it is possible that social changes such as leaving home, starting or starting work may make us particularly vulnerable. At other times, the link between social media use and life satisfaction one year later was not statistically actually significant. Decrease in life satisfaction also predicted increases in social media use one year later. However, this does not change across age 
and or differ between sexes. Dr. Amy Orban, a group leader at the MRC Cognition and Brain Sciences Unit in University of Cambridge, um, who led the study, said that the link between social media use and mental well-being is clearly very complex. Changes within our bodies, such as brain development and puberty, and in our social circumstances appear to make us vulnerable at particular times in our lives. Professor Sarah Jane Blackmore, professor of psychology and cognitive neurosciences at Cambridge, and the co-author of this study says, it's not possible to pinpoint the precise process that underlying this vulnerability. Adolescent is a time of cognitive, biological, and social change, all of which are intertwined, making it very difficult to disentangle one factor from the other. For example, it's not yet clear what might be due to developmental changes in hormones or the brain, or what might be down to how an individual interacts with their peers. Researchers state with the findings, rather than debating whether or not the link exists, we can now focus on the periods of the adolescent where we now know it might be most at risk and use this as a springboard to explore some of the really interesting questions. I have been um, facing and talking to a lot of parents and adolescents uh, who are going to major, major, major anxiety episodes, a panic attack, obsessive compulsive disorders, uh, a lot of depression, and a lot of them due to excess use or inappropriate, let's say, use of the social media um, and even internet search. So um, it's important for all of you who are parents or grandparents, um, educators, teachers, to know um, how to talk to the teenagers and adolescents, how to monitor their use, how to be a, a guidance to, with them and um, through what they're going through and open the path of listening to them and having some conversation. Because the concept of they should just not use it is no longer applicable or it's gonna work. So it's a matter of how to use it and how to be with it as um, they get caught into some of the drama that happens for them and how and if they put themselves within that drama in that age. And uh, it really call, calls for another level of crisis. So um, I think these type of research really support looking at and giving us the education of how to be with our adolescents. Thank you. everyone. I'm Dr. Fujan Zain, and I'm excited to have Alan Cox with me. He's a mental health change maker. Yes, a mental health change maker on a mission to change the narrative around mental health and help millions of people achieve mental fitness. Alan has now devoted his life to helping millions of people become mentally fit and strong. And a crucial part of his mission is creating a fantastic new mobile app, Ever Yellow, that helps you build mental fitness enjoyably and easily. Welcome to the show, Alan. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Um, I'm excited uh, about uh, what you're doing. And I know that you have gone through a lot yourself. And sometimes when we go through our own hardship, um, 
not only that we have the experience of, um, you know, when we're vulnerable, when we're powerless, and at times even hopeless, and I know that you've gone through those. And then as we find the resiliency and the growth and, you know, the, uh, the stamina and the courage and all of it to kind of work on ourselves and bring this up, up. Um, that because we've gone through the path that we have a little bit of a more understanding of what it feels to be on both sides. And it seems like you've brought that and, um, you know, sharing it with people in the way that you know. So first tell us um, about you and what you have gone through to then find, you know, to create this kind of motivation of now wanting to share with people from um, from a place of mental health rather than illnesses. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess my kind of journey started as a as a very young child. It was um, it was quite a, a traumatic upbringing. Um, there was there was nothing kind of um, you know really terrible, but you know at a time when you're growing up and you need you know, nurturing and love from your parents. Um, I kind of had the opposite from that, right? And um, and that takes a toll, right? You, um, in, instead of you growing up um, and your your brain is kind of wiring your life around, you know, you being a, like a, a lovable person, um, you, you, you form a mindset that kind of suggests that you're not. So um, you... Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, probably because of that, I, I you know, struggled through school, uh, you know, with relationships and that kind of thing, um, would get into trouble. Um, and, you know, that in, in my adult years, that kind of started to really kind of play out. You know, I think the, the older you get, you start putting on more of a, an act right you know you have to you have to you know act a certain way to go to work and things like that right and um and you know this this kind of veneer uh hides that inside you're kind of you know crying and screaming a lot of the time um and that you know now looking back i see that you know that ultimately takes its toll right and um yeah, there's there's been times where there's been like you know major depressive episodes and um, um, you know just 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 when it seemed like I was getting my life back together, I was um, uh, I had a like a major back injury because of an accident at work, um, and and that seemed that was bad enough on its own, but that that also um, kind of shattered my dreams of. Uh, what I, I was I was intending to migrate to New Zealand you know ultimately that did happen but uh, at the time I thought all my dreams had gone as well um so yeah um and look there was a there's a number of these big episodes like that and the the the, the last one was about 10 years ago when um here in Christchurch New Zealand we um, had you know fairly major earthquake here and I, I come very very close to being killed in that um, and and again in, instead of you know taking the time I needed I had to kind of put on this act to um, you know I was running a company I had people that needed me and and that ultimately led in me having 
um, a major mental breakdown. Um, and um, yeah, I I could hardly walk. I could hardly talk. I was only I was I could only function awake for about um, you know hour and a half, two hours at a time. Um, yeah, that's that's about as, as as bad as it got really. And like, thank thankfully, um, I managed to turn things around soon after that. And what worked for you to be able to uh, turn around uh, when you were at the lowest, lowest place that your mental capacity and emotional capacity could take? Because it just seems like at one point uh, the ego strength just broke and just uh, dis- dissociated, disconnected, even from your body, even from your f- body functions at one point. So what brought you back? Let's you know, the step-by-step concept that you were able to actually find the resiliency to step back into your body, to your system and moving forward. Yeah, it, um, so I guess to put, like, there's, a, there's a, a very interesting story around this and um, to put the story into context, it would be, it, it's kind of good to kind of explain your mindset when you're in that situation. And, um, you know, at, at that time, I had just really no concept really of what was going on in my brain. I, I just, I just, um, I just accepted that I was one of those poor people that has a messed up brain. And that's it. That's my lot in life. Um, I didn't understand about the mechanics of um you know your brain neuroscience anything like that um and the my analogy for how i felt at that time was just like being in a a completely dark um tunnel where i just didn't know which way was which and there was just no way out right um um and what actually happened was is um I, I later found out it was my wife that actually there was there was a program that she put on the TV. It was a, a BBC program called The Truth About Depression. And I, I highly encourage anyone to to watch it because whether or not you are depressed or you know i think it's a it's an amazing program to understand what's going on in your brain and um anyway she put this on i guess just thinking it might help in some way and 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 what what that program did is it showed me a number of things that i just didn't know before right i you know like it showed me that like just for one example that because of because of the life that I'd been through, my hippocampus is probably twenty percent smaller than like what it should be, and that means like these things will happen in my brain, and the way I think and behave will change. Um, and but it so so it, it number one it showed me that the way I was feeling wasn't really because my brain and I was broken it was more of it was more of like it it made sense to me right 
Um, and the second thing was, is it, it, it showed me that actually there's a path, a pathway to normality, right? And, and, you know, going back to that analogy of being in the tunnel, um, a light came on at one end, you know, like it wasn't a big light, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't suddenly go from being terribly unwell to being well, you know, far from it. Um, but I, I got, I got that sense of there is a way, right. And, and, um, and it was really that, that led me on my path of discovery, really, you know, and um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, people say that, like, I drew on my resilience and things like that. I, I just don't see it like that. You know, I, I think um, I think uh, I think all human beings have an innate um, desire to live. Right. And um, and we but the trouble is, is most of us just don't have the the knowledge and the skills and 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 like learned behaviors to 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 live properly and um and and really it was just it was that program that kind of gave me that sense of right well let let's do this you know in the words of nike you know just just do it you know and um that's that's where it started Things you're talking about a very important fact. First of all, when we do have information, then we find the agency to go and, and, and do something about ourselves. When we don't have the information, we are lost and we just get scared. So in yeah. the midst of having information, obviously, we get to choose in what is the next path that we want to take. And then you can make that choice. And I'm hearing that based on watching that program, you got an insight about, all right, this is what's going on in my brain. And these are some of the behavioral perspectives that I can do. These are the steps that I can do. And the more that you did those steps, the neural networks got connected. And then, you know, you, know, the, you, you by your behavior, you allowed the brain change to happen and vice versa. And it kind of uh, goes back and forth in the infinity concept. And it seems like at one point, then you decided, oh, if this works for me, if information works for me, if I can shift who I am based on, um, you know, in receiving uh, information and other aspects that um, let you to uh, the app, creating the app for everybody else. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, um, you know, again, if you, if you, permit me just to give a bit of context there um the the app didn't come till many years later um and that at the time when i was in recovery i remember being given kind of a, a booklet by my care workers right or on you know like a um a plastic folder with all of these leaflets in and one of them was like all of these apps that i could try and um i i tried pretty much all of them and they were all hopeless right they um they were dry they were clinical they often made me feel worse. Um, they required me, they was suggesting things for me to do that I just didn't want to do. You know, like when, when you can 
barely um, function for a couple of hours and you can't drive, it's not very helpful to say, hear something, say, go and take a walk in nature, right? You know, I can't do that. <laughs> um, um, so I, I already knew that, like, there was a, there's a real disconnect with what people really need and 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 what's being provided um and and i think it was about five years after the event that there was just all of this media um you know around the rise in mental health problems you know people like um avici and anthony bourdain committing suicide and things like that and um and that's when I kind of decided I want to do something. Um, and I, I, I come from a long background in uh, design thinking and what have you. And, um, and I, I really felt that the, 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 the most, there was, there was really two really important things that I wanted to do is, first of all, I wanted to create an app that actually works, you know, um, I, I needed it to be something that um, isn't just being created for a money making idea, or um, it's, it's, it has, it actually makes people kind of grow. Um, and is really easy and enjoyable for people to use. And, uh, and, that, and that's what we set out to do with um, Everyellow. And, um yeah we've we've had that in the app stores now for um just over a year and in the last year we've been um hyper focused on um just making sure that it really works for a wide variety of people um and yeah we're, we're kind of really delighted by you know just how effective it is and the, and the kind of feedback we're getting it's um uh, I must say it's kind of exceeded all expectations, which I'm I'm really pleased about. Why call it ever yellow? Um, well, yellow is the color of happiness, right? It's the color of you know, it's it's the um, and it's so. Um, I, I kind of always think that you know the, the sun is always there, right? Whatever whatever you're going through, the the sun is ever there, right? And um, it's not it's not about being always happy because that's not that's not the goal um but um ever yellow is that kind of aspirational thing that whatever you're going through in life you know there is there is always yellow there right and there's always there's always happiness to be uh, to be found so what could people expect when they subscribe to ever yellow so so the the app, the app experience is actually, you know, really beautiful. I think um, you um, to to kind of put it into context. Imagine two different audio streams. One is a series of different people speaking different things, but they're they're speaking in a way that they're connecting with you as an individual, right? And then the second stream is the backing music, right? Now, both of those streams we generate every single time you press play. So you never hear the same thing twice. But here's the thing. What you're listening to is tailored to what you need as an individual. Um, when, when you first download the app, we take you through a very, very simple 
uh, questionnaire that takes about 60 seconds or so to complete. And in that, we um, understand how your well-being is across a, a range of different measures, you know, like your relationships, your um, ability to stay present, um, you know, how often you experience flow, that kind of stuff, um, all, all related to positive psychology. And um, so we, we, we get those measures and we also get to understand your personality type, which is incredibly important um, because like just just to illustrate the point imagine imagine you've got two people with exactly the same well-being profile but one is a driver and the other one is analytical the analytical person if you if you as a counselor talk, talking to that person the analytical person they want detail they want to know why, why are you telling me this Whereas the driver, they don't, that, you know, detail will frustrate them and they, they just want to know what to do, right? Um, and, you know, sim similarly, if you imagine you've got two people that are both, say, amiable um, and you would speak to them both in exactly the same way, um, but they have two completely different well-being profiles, right? Um, again, you would give them very different content um so that that's exactly what we do and you know one of the biggest uh, pieces of feedback we get is that when people listen it just really connects from the get-go like it really feels like like the people that are speaking to them know them you know and it's um and that's and that's what we've designed it to do and you said that you've taken um, concepts from positive psychology and you have added, added that piece. What was it about the listening part that you, uh, you incorporated that you thought it was important to connect? Yeah, well, well I'd, I'd already studied things like um, um, psychoacoustics and how, um, how sound and music can really help to well, it, it does a number of things, you know, but it, it really helps to concentrate on the messaging while, you know, like kind of, if, if you've got things going on in your mind, you know, with the music, uh, right, and uh, then listening to the, the messaging, it, it, it basically connects a, a lot better. It, it, and, it's, and, and it's just a, a nice experience, right? We wanted to make it really... Um, enjoyable right and um the the phrase mental health app and enjoyable aren't usually two things you put together um and but but the other the other really big thing we wanted to achieve was something where you you know you literally can use it in any situation so um you know we wouldn't encourage you to use it while you're doing brain surgery maybe but um um the the idea is is that you know we have people that say we'll use it to and from work while they're driving home right um other people will use it while they're doing the dishes and um or while they're walking the dog um, we really encourage people just to tie it to an existing habit so it becomes a habit um and yeah like i mean that that's that was the other problem I found with all of these other apps is like you know you've got to find a desk to go and do writing or you've got to 
you got to find a space where you can like not feel weird when you're meditating or something like that right and um yeah so we we've we've even um we've even built in technology where you can slide down the vocals so that you can kind of barely hear them um it's it, the, the theory is called um supraliminal theories when you you your brain can hear the messaging but you're kind of distracted by other things um and and what that basically means is is you can effectively get the therapeutic value of listening to ever yellow while you're working and while you're studying um and and you can you can listen for hours like that or um you know you can listen while you're sleeping and um and look we we are far off from kind of making any um grand medical claims about that but we let's let's say that we've had a, a a fairly strong amount of um feedback from people that have only used it in that way and they come to us like all excited and surprised by you know that they 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 tell they tell me their story like there was one guy that uh, said that um it was an accountant right and every so often um work would start building up and when work starts building up um he would get stressed and the stress would cause him to be less efficient and then it, it, it and, and it, what he said was soon so, so not um within a few days or so he'd be down the rabbit hole and he'd probably have to call in and take some time off um but he said like um i've been using ever yellow for a couple of weeks now and this happened again you know work started building up and then everything i had, all of these messages came back to me that said like oh no just do this just do that look at it this way or or whatever the messages were and um he said oh, and i didn't go down the rabbit hole I, i'm i'm fine i'm carried on and I, i said oh that's wonderful thank thanks very much for sharing your story he said no that's not the bit i'm excited about he said i've i said i can't believe how it's worked because i've never listened to it with the voice up you know and um so yeah we're getting a lots of stories like that so um that's quite exciting beautiful and how are you doing in life uh i'm like i think you've always you've always got um a way to go right um i i i use i use the analogy like if it, it's a gross oversimplification but um if you think of well-being as being like a spectrum between say 1 and 10 right where um 1 is you're in a very bad place and 10 you're you're probably floating off the floor or something um what what many people don't realize is that the vast majority of people are around a 5 5 and a half and our and our data shows that really clearly um i i would probably say that i'm somewhere between an 8 and a 9 um so i'm like that it's um it's not i don't say that because just because of the way i feel it's the way it i, I it's basically i now have a wiring in my brain 
that allows me to function in a way that I never could before. And I, I'll give you an example that literally just happened. Um, it was yesterday. And there was, I was walking, I was walking to work. I take my dog to work and, and, and this um, guy um, in a car just jumps out of the car, comes up to me and is like really angry looking and, and is offering to fight me. Right. And I think like for most people and certainly me before, I, I would have had, I would have been shaking. I would have had huge anxiety. I would have, you know, and, you know, that fight or flight thing and all that kind of stuff. And I was just able to calmly look at him and say, no, I don't want to fight you. You know, I just kept it real cool. And he went away and I then walked away and that incident was gone. I didn't I didn't think about it anymore. I just I was just I just and, and that that is an example of like the kind of power you get, you know, and um I call it a, I call it a Teflon effect. It's like nothing's yeah. <laughs> yeah. anything gonna goes yeah. away. Yeah. If you um Alan, if you have uh, we have one minute to for you to share something that we haven't shared and you really want everybody to know about you or about the app. Um it's it's kind of hard to share one thing because you kind of don't know where everyone's at, right? But um I guess the I guess the main thing to share is I I'd really love people to just take a somehow take a look at where where are where are they at really right um you know go on go online and um look up say positive psychology and there's like the there's like six principles or depending on what site you get where you can kind of measure yourself against a like like where, where are you in terms of having positive relationships in your life where are you in terms of all of these things and and really no, knowing where you are i think is the biggest first step to knowing where you could be right um and you know i i've seen the data right Mo most of us aren't in a great place right and and i just think um that if we move everyone up a few notches, you know, and, and hopefully Ever Yellow will play a part in that. But if we can move everyone up, it, it, it just will benefit not only the individuals in their own, like, enjoyment of life, performance and what have you else. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help the world, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Alan Cox, everyone, and um, the app is called Ever Yellow. And is it uh, in um, App App Store, Apple Store, and the um, Android? It is both. All right, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Alan Cox. Uh, remember, everyone, go to the App Store or your Android and get Ever Yellow um, app, and uh, get yourself from maybe a number of a zero to two or three, all the way to eight and nine of happiness <laughs> and fulfillment. It was a joy to have you in our show, Alan. It was, it was a wonderful to be here. Thank you very much for having me.
course. Don't go anywhere. Everyone will be right back. Everything was changed. Nothing stays the same. Yes, everything. Sometimes, as you know, um, an era of life completes and another era begins. Um, it's been four years that I have been with KMET 1490 AM. <clears throat> I, um, I felt honored, I felt so privileged when one day as I was uh, having my show in uh, LA Talk Radio that uh, Bill and Byrne called me and said, uh, you know, we want you to be on our um, radio program. And I was so excited. And about four years ago, I started this program here and uh, um, I've had a lot of great conversations with people and met Sean, our director, and it's been such a joy. And as life changes and uh, my focus goes into uh, creating the um, awareness integration theory into the different phase and opening and starting the Fujian app and um, having to really rearrange life as it is, um, I have decided to complete our show in KMET 1490 AM and um, FM. Um, and uh, I will still have my show on a podcast. So I really ask all of you to follow me on my podcast, a Heartfelt Chat with Dr. Fujian, and you can get the podcast in all of the places you usually get the podcast from Apple or Android or iHeart or anywhere that you get it. And um, um, it's just another era will begin. I want to thank uh, the KMET 1490 AM for having uh, me on, on their program. I hope that um, it's, it's definitely been a joy for me and for all of the uh, listeners who are part of their, the radio listeners. I want to share with you what a joy it has been for me to be part of your life as you have allowed it to be. And I hope that you continue to be part of my life and, uh, and continue subscribing and following me on my podcast. Uh, the format might change a little bit. Uh, however, I would still be in your life one way or another, just not in this format anymore. So Sean, thank you so much for four years of amazing work and supporting me and everyone else at KMET um, 1490 AM. Uh, I love you all. And for all of you who are out there and have been listening for so many years to, uh, to me and my guests, um, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you will continue enjoying as you follow the podcast. Um, you can always find me. My website is fushanzane.com. And you can always go to any of the podcasts and find me there. Heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujan. Um, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. Take good care. Bye-bye.